Bennett. Daniel. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? Uh, I recently had the flu, actually, and it it floored me. I've, I don't know if you've had the flu in your adult life or ever. Have you, actually? I've never had the flu. Um, you know, I think of when you hear the flu, everyone knows influenza. Then there's the there's that every year they you get your flu shots, and it's this the strand is different or whatever. I'm not like intimately familiar with the science behind it, but the effectiveness of the the flu shot ranges. Like they basically try to predict that strand. Is that right? Am I on the right path? And then sometimes it's great, and sometimes it just totally misses the mark and doesn't matter. Yeah, its effectiveness definitely varies. Well, I didn't. I sometimes get the flu shot, and uh, sometimes I don't. And it's not really out of any sort of political or moral leanings. It's just uh, I would totally get it every time for sure. I just am kind of a child when it comes to adulting. I don't like take care of a lot of that paperwork, doctors, dentists, the the stuff like that. Um, and do you have <laughs> any? Uh, I'll interrupt you just briefly. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, have you ever been like you know riding down the road and you see? CVS and they have little signs, almost like election signs or whatever, but stuck out in the grass, and they say "free flu shots." Have you ever seen that? I have seen that, and I I can't don't help know. I can't help I'm but be skeptical. skeptical. Yes, you know, there, there's no such thing as a free shot or something like that. And like, what's going on? Is there fine print that says with a fifty fifty dollars of uh, would you call them groceries at CVS? Fifty dollars of supplies? I don't know drugs stuff <laughs> drugs at CVS. Then they'll give you a shot. Like I don't believe I would walk in and go hello, and then they would stick me in the arm and go yeah. have a nice day. I just that's not how it would go. So I don't know what they mean, and I have a feeling they would say, "Oh yeah, well all you got to do is show me your." Uh, something I don't have insurance card. I do have insurance cards, but that's the thing about being an adult. Like I don't like I just put them in a drawer or I put them in my wallet, and I have. The, I don't know. It sounds silly, but I just kind of turn inward and go like, "Go away! I'm healthy. I don't need any of this." And that's actually a life lesson I'm learning because it hit me. I was totally fine Thursday night. I won't say totally fine. I was at if beginning to get sick starts at a one if zero is perfectly fine Mm -hmm. and 10 is near death or death itself i was at a one i had this inkling i might get a cold but you know like you don't even know it's kind of like when you've sneezed that third time in the day and you're like huh that's a little more than usual is this gonna you know but sometimes it's nothing and sometimes it's the beginning of your cold that's where i was Mm -hmm. and then uh it was a thursday night and in the middle of the night i woke up feverish and confused because it's the middle of the night i guess and i was sleepy and disoriented and all of that and um i won't drag through a long story because it's not really much of a story but i i have a newfound perspective on pain and how how it demands to be felt and how you can't step outside of you can't think about anything like like even this the idea of doing a podcast while I had the flu is a joke. In fact, the idea of responding to a text is a joke. Or even, for me, even watching TV. If that gives you... I, I laid there for hours. Um, just laying there? Just, just contemplating it, yeah. how bad you felt? There was no contemplation. That's the weird... <laughs> it was this semi-conscious in and out of sleep. I was tired and exhausted and everything was achy. Like, to, Do you think like, maybe even, at that time you were the... Like, you felt worse than any other human in the world um no way i mean in some ways i'm a little bit hyperbolic and a baby let's be clear you gotta take what i'm saying with a grain of salt but at the same time but no but sincerely i'm trying to yeah yeah, i understand like 
to my I don't know if you do like my hair hurt. Okay. Have you ever I, you're I don't so understand. tender. <laughs> you're, <laughs> when you're so tender, you're so raw that your your hair hurts. Like you can feel the little hair and your the arm on your hair. If you were to just kind of tickle the arm on your hair, it would go it would be the arm on painful. your hair. That hair on your arms. Excuse what me, kind of hair day. you got? <laughs> you took oh, some arms. weird superpower. <laughs> Can't you see some strange piece of art? It's zoomed into arm hair, but yeah. it's this really big piece of hair with arms all shooting out of it. Like yeah. lots. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, had the flu. It sucked. And now I am like back so to, thankful to be mobile to and healthy. Yes, 100%. Um, and then it went back to work. And there's always that adjustment after the holidays. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going from a slower pace, or at least a sleeping in pace, to uh, the routine, and that adjustment makes me tired. But that tired is absolutely nothing uh, compared to that sickness. Yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, I've been fortunate enough never to have the flu. At least I don't think so. Um, and like my immune system must be just like freaking awesome because you know I was <laughs> I was home over the holidays, and like, you I saw you over the holidays. You had the flu. Um, my sister. Just had the flu. A couple other people I came in contact with were like just getting over the flu, and I still didn't get the flu. So, must be doing <laughs> well, something right. Thanks, you buddy. must be. And according to my mom, which um, I don't know, but she said uh, <laughs> that the—I mean, not, that's not a downside. She just when when her baby's sick, you know, like yeah. you gotta take care of yourself. This is one of the worst strains, and I don't know if she was saying that to sort of emphasize me to me to take care of myself or if it actually was one of the worst strains but she's like people are dying and so um, i saw some yeah. uh i saw some blurb somewhere that i didn't look any further into that said that like georgia is the sickest state in the country this year or something like that so i wonder what goes into that like i have no idea is it diets or age or, all like, the best skateboarders yeah totally sick <laughs> <laughs> That was terrible. I don't. I shouldn't have laughed. Honestly, I, I'm embarrassed. Well, for you, that's uh, what to do. <laughs> um, uh, so, how about we uh, kick things off with a little bit of uh, superpowers and drawbacks? We haven't done that in a while. I'm down. Let's do it. Some superpowers and drawbacks. Uh, last time we did a on a scale of one to ten, we ramped it up to four. Um, so we went pretty high up there on the scale. And we haven't done a one in a while, so we're going way down to the uh, the lowest of the low. Good, I'm glad. I think the the lowest, the superpower, the more interesting, or the more it challenges us to kind of tease out the nuances and and think about. And, and I guess in a way too, the superpower almost feels more con- like conceivable or believable. Yeah. Uh, if it's super tiny, it's like okay. Whereas if you just say you can fly or turn invisible, like okay, we get or shoot like gold out of your hand. Okay, whatever. Sometimes though, like. It's challenging for me to like pair them because if the super, if the superpower is so lame, then it's almost like well there is no drawback that I would take for this lame thing because I do not care about the lame thing. So like why would I take this equally lame bad thing? Yeah, but whatever. Right, it's not about choosing lame ones. You have to. It's beneficial. So it's not on a scale of lameness. It's more of on a scale of usefulness and mm. uh, annoyance, right? And that's very <laughs> right. tough to match. Right. It's the well, useful and annoyance uh, equation or something. I don't know. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see what you do with these. So, um, I've got uh, two. Uh, I've got a superpower here for you called long-winded. Actually, I'll just read the titles to you first, and then you can be. Uh, pondering what they might be so the superpowers okay. are long-winded and bushmaster 
And the uh, the drawbacks for you this time are RNG MREs and wait, say so- that again. RNG MREs and uh, sole beneficiary. Should that first one make sense to me? RNG MREs. No, it's an acronym. Okay, good. I just thought like, what are you, what is he saying? I didn't even hear the second one. I was so caught up on that. Sole, benefi- sole beneficiary. Okay. So uh, long winded, the first superpower is uh, you can blow a concentrated stream of air over a long distance, about 30 feet. So Mm. uh, it's not unusual in strength or effect. It's just kind of like, you know, if you blow on your hand like that, but you can do it 30 feet away. It's still concentrated. So, and that's the size, like you can do this in most rooms then and Mm -hmm. just really impress people and blow out candles from like across the room. Yeah. Knock a pencil off a desk. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, do you want me to explore all that? No, I, I think you should just dump it all on me, and then I sort yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second superpower that's competing with that one is Bushmaster. So you can cause bushes to grow in certain shapes by rubbing their leaves for 15 minutes a day. Say that one more time. You can cause bushes to grow into certain shapes. You can kind of design what they look like by rubbing their leaves for 15 minutes a day. How uh, do you mean generally just, just I just kind of put my hands yeah. over them and basically massage them a little bit right. and shape yes. them how I wish and they will grow that way. Yeah, yeah. You 15 just minutes a day? 15 minutes a day. Once they're set, will they stay that way? I've gotten it where it wants to be or do I have to, con- if I like get it in the shape I like, like a dolphin or something silly, do I have to continue to uh, mold it to keep it at, at, or does it? I mean, it stays. Does, in, does that make sense? Yeah, it stays in the general dolphin shape, but the plant still grows, you know, so if you if you go out there and you continue to rub it 15 minutes every day, it'll stay exactly how you want and technically won't grow anymore. But if you just stop rubbing on it, then it'll it'll still look like a dolphin, but it'll start to, you know, kind of get messy. Um and so you either, you'd either have between... to prune it or go rub it. So this is a superpower. Yeah. It's really and... a super, superpower. <laughs> Very low level superpower. I'm just thinking like you know, obviously bushes that are shaped like dolphins exist. And but you can do guess, any. You can do any any shape. Sometimes it's like you got to get people out there with pruners and you know those little kind of weak right, chainsaw things. I guess it takes things. a lot. Do I have to be good at art? Or are you assuming if I can conceptualize it, I don't have to be talented at? Um, um, do you see what I'm, like if yeah, I wanted to make it look like you or me, I could, it, people would look at it and go, "Oh my god, that's your face." It wouldn't be like, "Oh, you're bad at." molding so it looks silly it, it's somewhat correlated to your artistic ability but like it since you don't have to do anything but rub the leaves then none of it is like your physical ability so like if you can if you can vision envision it in your head then you can shape the bush that way okay i thought you meant like my ability to draw or something like i can't draw well so i can't make bushes look that cool uh, but you're saying if i can envision it so creativity or conceptualization and, and yes. my artistic ability in that yeah, way yeah you can make yeah. um, you can make amazing bushes um, you're a bush master okay that's, okay that's i'm a master of bushes master of the bushes uh, but <laughs> i can hear how much you love these in in your voice so uh, you have to take one of these two drawbacks. So RNG MREs, an acronym, stands for uh, Random Number Generated Meals Ready to Eat. That's the two acronyms that are smoshed together. So the what it is is the only way you can eat food is by doing the following. Clap your hands three times and then pound on the table or whatever surface is in front of you once. 
And then when you do that, a three-section plate will appear, and it will contain three random foods that you like. So the, the foods are completely random, so you could get popcorn, lasagna, and Swedish fish as a meal, or you could get Lucky Charms, queso dip, and crab legs, or whatever. It's just so three. they don't compliment. They could no, compliment. it's completely just... random out of things you like, but they are things you like. Um, and a couple more stipulations. You can only do this three times a day, and uh, the calorie content will automatically be such that it fits a normal diet. And if you try to share, the food vanishes. So no infinite food, no sharing. I tried to... Wait, cut. this almost sounds like a superpower, not a drawback. Wait, wait, this is a drawback thing? This is a drawback. It, because I hate the idea of cooking and the idea of clapping my hands three times and pounding on the well, maybe desk this is, once and there's my food. Maybe this is this the, sounds like a total benefit. Well, maybe this is the ben- maybe this is the drawback for you. Then, if you really like this one, the problem is you don't get to ever control what you eat ever, ever. And you, and yeah, you don't I can't ever, say I'm craving. Oh, this is my only source for food. This I can't is your go to only source for food. You can't eat anything else. Um, but it won't tr- be nasty. It'll be things I like. Okay. It will always be things you like. And I can't say I can do it up to three times and go ahead and take all nine pieces and mix and match for the day, I suppose. Oh, that's a good question. Is that what you're... I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't say. I should say I only but, get to. Y- yeah, once once I've committed, how about this? Once I've committed and done it, that's my from morning time, and then I have an afternoon, I have a dinner, a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, well, uh, y- you should just answer it. Sorry. I shouldn't yeah, invent the okay, rules for you. That's fine. If you want to, because I would just do that every morning and then take a look at what I got. And if I have nine options, then I have more to work with. That's true, but but I think uh, I kind of think that's all right because then, like whatever you know, you're gonna have to deal with saving that stuff and mixing a match. It's just gonna be kind of a hassle to deal with all of that. I think it's still normal and. it's de- it's uh, deterioration rates the same. It doesn't reset every day. It's if it's a banana, it's a banana, right? If it's uh, sushi, it's sushi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, that's a dumb <laughs> that didn't sound right. I just meant, can I put sushi in the fridge for a day? Like I can now. It's yeah, uh, yeah. That's another good question. Um, but yeah, the food. I'm gonna say the food deteriorates at normal. There's nothing magical about the food once it appears, other than if you try to share it, it it, it vanishes. Um, other okay. than that, it's normal normal food. But the portions that appear on your plate are so you know, like let's just imagine that the normal calorie division is two thousand calories a day. Mm-hmm. That's how many calories you get. No matter like divided up between all three of your meals and all three portions, that's how much you get. So like you're never you're gonna, gonna get... laugh at this, but but I like that. It, like I won't basically I won't get fat because it you're won't right, allow yeah. me to. It's like a plus. <laughs> yeah, you can you can eat less, but you can't eat more than that because if you try to eat anything else, then you can't eat it for Right, but I'm not going to starve at all. It no, sounds no, like it's is, plenty of food. Yeah, this so. is this is a this this it's enough to keep you uh you know, at your current level. It's perfectly healthy. The real drawback is I have no control over what I eat and and which is only some it's the cravings like when I it's just, it's my birthday and I want to go out to eat or I earned a big reward at work and I want to celebrate and like all mm-hmm. of a sudden I just got to eat whatever the heck and it all just becomes this Yeah, you just got to clap and your hands. Does this mean I can't discover more food by the way? Am I am I cut off at this point to where I've lived when once I've accepted this deal? 
like I'm sure there are foods that might be folded into, you know, like my new favorite foods or like stuff I haven't had around the world or that kind of thing. I can't do that anymore. Even traveling and stuff. I can't be exposed to new foods. Hmm. That's another good question. Uh, I would say, let's, let's say that generally that is correct. But if the food, if there's a food you've never had that you truly believe is very similar to something that you already like enough that you're almost certain you'll like the food, then it it's thrown into the pool. It might appear, but, but obviously you can't do that at will. So, um, right. uh, because I know for, for me anyway, when I see a new food, I'm not a very adventurous eater. When I see a new food, I have a pretty good idea whether I'll like it or not. And, you know, sometimes, and, and I'm, I'm actually right most of the time. I look at something and I go, that looks gross and smells gross and sounds gross, then it's probably gross. Or if I look at it and it has ingredients that I like and looks good and smells good, then I'm probably going to like it. So I would venture to guess that, that, I mean, it also fits your personality and that you have a, a strong sense of self, uh, a degree of certainty about the way you view the world. Damn and, right. And, and, and I mean, the negative side of that, I would guess I would push to say it, it might be, you might be a little bit fixed. So if you're like, you see Damn something wrong. that looks gross, <laughs> if it looks gross, it is gross because it, it, there's a self-fulfilling, I'm not saying that it, you're not, you wouldn't enjoy something if it was, so you're, you're, you're capable of being surprised. Yes. But I would just guess that I'm more capable of, or, I, or on the other side, I'm more capable of being surprised. I'm also uh, not as sure of my taste or more willing or more I don't know the the positive way to cast it is I'm more willing and open to trying new foods and the the, the other side of it is I don't really know I don't have as a, a devotion toward like I don't hate mustard like you I don't hate anything the way you hate mustard and pickles <laughs> uh, I really don't like black olives I, I, I but you have a hatred you have this passionate distaste and and you ham it up because it's funny but yeah. i think your distaste really is stronger than my distaste for any other food so um and i think that plays into it anyway yes. i want to try to read your mind here because i think the reason you developed this is to make it only at a one so as to be minimally inconvenient and so you didn't want it to you didn't want hunger to get in the way you didn't want variety to get in the way, and you didn't want nastiness to get in the way. You only wanted control. You wanted to isolate control and remove it, and this was an interesting way of coming up with that. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was trying to wedge something into the one category for this one, uh, and you know, all of the little things that I added on to it had to be to, to, to make the number right. Obviously, I could you know, remove some of those stipulations and it would be worse actually. So I think in some ways though, it's interesting because it has some benefits. Like I think the mm-hmm. 2000 is a, is a benefit. I think it's a huge benefit that I'm not cooking it anymore. Like crab legs may, sure. may appear, not, you know, something that's, you're not, you're not cooking and you're not spending money on food. So there you go. There's just some benefits. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Okay. This sounds like, but, overall but again, this is the rest of your life. If you are, you know, going out with people to restaurants, you don't get to eat that stuff. You just get to pound them on the table and get, like, I mean, it could be, like, M&M's, Fun Dip, and, like, like Creamy Ranch, you know? <laughs> it could be, a condiment might be one of my things. They, they could deconstruct. <laughs> oh, man. 
yeah. Um, so okay. I mean, you know, ne- you just never know what you're gonna get. You might be sitting at the table at you know a fancy restaurant at Red Lobster, and you know you're you're having to like ask. <laughs> wait, wait. You just you, a fancy restaurant, Red Lobster, and you're gonna just go walk past that one. <laughs> yeah, and you have to like ask for a straw so you can drink your spicy mayo, you know, uh, meal. Okay, get to the other. Uh, All right, the last uh, the last drawback is sole beneficiary, short and sweet. You always have a soul patch that cannot, by any means, be gotten rid of. So, soul beneficiary. Enjoy being one of those guys. Uh, that that's just easily worse. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that should have been higher than a one. Uh, yeah, like it'll never go away. No, As, never. I'm, there's you a always there's a, have it. Never goes see, away. I, Permanent soul patch. If we were to. To suggest that I'm a little more shallow than you when it comes to like caring about fashion and looks and things like that, then then this hurts me more than it hurts you. Like me going through the rest of my life with a soul patch, um, because like it just destroys like any look I'm going for. I could buy like a five hundred dollars suit or something nice and slick, and and then I have yeah. a soul patch, and it, it just <laughs> ruins it. Um, I'm not seeing how that I'm ruins looking it. pretty handsome today, and then never. Um, <laughs> you would uh, just have to, just you'd ru- have to really work around that and develop a goatee kind of thing, you know, or uh, maybe, like, become a doctor and wear one of those face masks or a ninja or something, <laughs> I don't know. I legitimately believe that the social ramifications are not inconsequential. Like, <laughs> like I now start off a little more negative when I meet a stranger, and they're just going to be like, "Okay, all uh, right." And I have to I have that sort patch, of guys. Yes, I have that to overcome in their mind, and I have a feeling I would hear this story over and over. This sort of well, when I first met you, you know, I had you pegged all wrong. Like I thought, I mean, you know, soul patch. Like that, that should say it all. And uh, <laughs> and then I would and then they'd or they'd say something like you don't really seem like you know a soul patch kind of guy because I don't think I I don't I don't seem like a soul patch kind of guy I'm not even gonna bother defining what that means <laughs> but uh, huh. uh, apologies uh, to all of our soul patch <laughs> listeners the soul patch kids the soul patch kids okay all right so you got your four so what what are you long-winded bushmaster r n g m r e and sole beneficiary random number generating meal meals ready to eat meals ready to eat yeah they're like Um, military rations it's just the acronym is it a random number generator though like it's just oh within if you the acronym food okay gotcha acronym rng is a popular acronym mre is a popular acronym so i just smushed them together for the title that's all rng mre um i think i could amuse myself uh with the one quick question about long-winded i can blow across the room 30 Mm -hmm. feet concentrated air no harder than i can currently blow right it's same same force yeah but you Um, can blow pretty hard yeah, I can blow pretty hard. As if I'm like inches away from it, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. at at twenty eight feet before it's starting to dissipate or whatever, it's just as hard as like oh, yeah. five, mm-hmm. four inches away. Okay. Yep. Um and there's and it has nothing to do with the longevity of the blow. It's the same amount I could blow right now if I if I took a deep breath and blew. It's the same Yeah, if you took a deep breath and went like that, then I, I mean, need it to give still... that a test really quickly. I felt, like I wanted to do a long both in terms of time and distance. So it would be like... Go for it. <sighs> Give me a good blow. Yeah. 
That was wow. We blow I think hard. I, felt, I think I felt that. You already <laughs> have the superpower. When you blow hard, you can't blow long. There's a there's a di- direct correlation. I, I mean, I could have made it sound really long, but uh, a lot was coming out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm learning all sorts of things on this podcast. Um, Bushmaster sounds pretty dumb, and I don't have many bushes <laughs> that I care about. And I like a good square bush. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could bush. become. I, I could I could I could examine myself and my willingness to take on the art of bushery or whatever bush shrub molding and like and be the best ever and like bushology. so there's a whole bushology but there's there's a whole path there and like but I don't feel like I would enjoy the company of people who are deeply <laughs> passionate about bush mastering um, I feel like they would maybe they. They more align with the soul patch people, you know. Bush league. They, when it comes to careers, they're, they're kind totally. of bush league. <laughs> I think totally. that's where that phrase originated. Yeah, I think so, etymologically speaking. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not interested in it. It's more impressive, actually, but I don't think I'm interested mm-hmm. in it. I'm actually, as a teacher, um, by the way, this is super unusual, right? Just as unusual it is as a, in the real world. Like people, I could show it as a party trick and it'd be, be just as weirded out as this. I mean, this is in the, everything else is the same about the world. You're talking about like blowing I, your students? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm no, talking dude. about, I'm talking, well, first of all, I had multiple thoughts going on. I could entertain people, uh, like, with this strangely strange phenomenon and then i also thought about the sneaky aspect of everyone's writing on a test or they have extra pencils there and i just blow them over and like <laughs> if i could learn to do it quietly and they would not know what the heck's going on and that just is very funny to me you um, could prank people with it yeah yeah lots of prank it, it just feels like it works in the classroom while people are distracted or i should say focused on whatever task is at hand and then i can just uh, mess with them it's just it's ripe for that sort of thing so mm-hmm. um i think i would choose long-winded and mm-hmm. i'm gonna say rng mre because i mean i was joking earlier about how bad a soul patch would be because it's really not that i just can't go away and i mm-hmm. do not like it but i would get over it quickly and there's no drawbacks other than this is my new look now uh, other than that it just doesn't affect me um mm-hmm. but i'm gonna surprise you and say i think I mean, if it were like Sour Patch Kids and ranch dressing, I think you went a bit far saying just there'd be a, a whole pocket of ranch. Because what's going to happen next? Like, I wouldn't. I get that they might not, they might not communicate or, or, or taste good together. But really, are we going to talk about getting a thing of condiments like sauces or? Because wouldn't it be a ranch, you know, ranch on a chicken sandwich or something? You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, if you like a chicken sandwich with ranch, then that's also in the pool of possible foods. That what if I only like mustard on top, like on a burger? I'm not going to get a thing of mustard, but I do like ranch on lots of things. But I never eat. How about it's all these things that I can eat standalone? I'm not. I'm not trying to make the rules here. I just. Uh, it should be things I eat standalone. So I'm not going to get like. I mean, I appreciate olive oil, but I don't think I'm just going to get a. Yeah. You know, a container that's, of olive oil. That's so. that's fair enough, but. I'm just trying to get across to you that there are th- there are things that you like that don't fit as a part of a meal. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, P- peanuts or kind of sure, egg, yeah, right. Like. Fair, so fair enough. You're not going to get a cup of ranch. That's maybe a, a little bit silly for our already silly superpowers and drawbacks. But um, but but I was just trying to get across to you that there are probably thousands of foods that you like, and yeah. you know, like it's not like you're going to be getting, uh, you know, like ribeye steaks often 
It's, right. If you if you if you go and get a ribeye steak, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah. This is a right. great day when I got it's like hitting a, a ribeye steak. Yeah. Right, right, right. So other times um, it might be you know like freaking I don't know what's something that you only barely like. I would well. I guess like, like bro- broccoli yeah, with like a little, little cheese on it. Like, Although actually, like considering you might actually celebrate broccoli or something because you know it, it's there's a health concern here yeah, as well. That's because true. if you if you mostly like unhealthy foods, then that's what you which I do. Get. And sautéed yeah. spinach and stuff. You know, like that's what I barely like. Like I like it, but I don't. I don't go like woohoo. Like it's fine. It's good. It's good. It would appear in the thing because it's, it gets mm-hmm. positive marks. Um, you know what? I might. Well, first of all, I would reject. Think I would about re- that soul patch. I would walk away from w- these uh-huh. ones if that's an option. That really yeah. is. This might be the first time. I think I've taken the other deals. Uh, I'm walking away from this one. Okay. Um, second of all, I'm thinking more deeply about that soul patch, and just, <laughs> uh, because uh, everyone because does. The food, the food might end up being bigger. I'm. T- I'm it, I could do that for a week. I could do that for a year. If you said it was a five year commitment. I would even maybe take this deal if I could do the long wind and the RNG Amari if you said there's a five-year cap on it. So it's still long, a very long time. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking about 15, 20 years down the road and just going, I want a burger. Like, I want a burger. And I think that that would get increasingly frustrated, frustrating. So um, I'm walking away. Uh, but if there was a time cap, I'd take the RNG MRE. And if I had to choose one for forever, it would be long-winded with the soul patch. There you go. There are my All answers. Right. Well, How man, do you feel? I, your, your final analysis is what I was thinking, actually. Um, so I, I agree. I think I would, for actually for the same reasons that you proposed, prefer long-winded over Bushmaster. Bushmaster is the more profitable, potentially. Like, you could make a career out of being a bush artist but mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be a bush artist <laughs> you know like even if i was like a famous bush artist you know i just I don't, you know like i just don't really want to be that um, and you'd have like some reality show called the ba bush it's best bush the triple b but i like the baba the badass bush artist that's good that is good i changed my mind um no, yeah, I, but I do like long-winded because I would like pranking people and, I don't know, just blowing people, I guess, um, <laughs> with air. Uh, yes, like with air. If you, I don't know if you remember this, but I'm not sure if I ever showed you this, but there was a toy that I got when I was a kid that was this really big, like, conical gun. And I got it from, like, a fair, I think, or maybe the Museum of Arts and Science or something, but it's, like, this big plastic... Like I know exactly open what you're cone, talking about. And on the on the back end of it, there's like a plastic bag with a, an elastic band covering the opening in the back. And in the front, it's just open. And so you hold up this, essentially, a, a round tube, and you go thunk with the plastic bag on the back, and it creates a pressure wave inside and launches this concentrated burst of air surprisingly far, like... I mean, it might go 30 feet. It might. It, no, it, I think it does, in fact. Yeah. I th- it probably and, and, says up to 25 feet or 30 feet or something like that on the box, probably. Yeah. I mean, it really and, does and, go incredibly far and concentrated. And, and it's super fun because, you, obviously, you can't see the air wave move through the air, but it travels slowly. And, 
like you can go thunk and shoot it across the room and then watch someone's hair go foof and they're like whoa it's really disorienting because you you don't feel sensations like that and, and this and it's not fast that's what's so confusing yeah. you think it'd be so i don't know why i have this conceptualization of like if you did it it would be almost immediate like a gun or something but no yeah. you can there can be a full second delay yeah. it's strange it's really really uh, fun I don't know if you were describing that for the audience or if you're just not remembering our, our experience with this particular gun. Uh, I was describing it, gun. it. I was describing it for the audience, but I don't. I don't. At least at the moment, remember particular experience between you and I with this gun. Okay, so that is the toy that we got in Orlando at um, one of the theme parks, oh, and okay. we were shooting everyone with it. And then we shot this. So we were staying on this this nice uh not disney uh, but universal it was universal so we're staying on one of the nice hotels there and uh are in there we're mm-hmm. walking around we're probably i don't know how old we are let's I mean, just say 12 we must um, have been young was this the trip where my contacts got washed out in the water slide and i had to walk around universal studios without being able to see that sounds right what's interesting is because it didn't affect me much and i'm inherently selfish i don't have much of a memory of that i mean i have this vague memory of him of like oh man my friend's kind of being annoying about how you can't see but what it, i wasn't being you, annoying. Like i was like memory. i was willing you just to couldn't like, see I, I was willing to ride all the rides and go around and everything yeah but it affects your trip whereas i'm like deeply and it for me it's just like oh well you're just I like here hand me find the, something I don't you know. can't see who to shoot hand me the air gun so i can mm-hmm. have fun so, so what happens is we we spent the day at the parks shooting people. We were shooting everyone, and we were friendly kids. We weren't little jerks running around. Like for the most part, we'd hit someone with the air pocket. They'd look around confused. They'd see us, and then we'd share a laugh. And, and like some yeah. people, when they see twelve year old boys, like they're so suspicious of them running around being little jerks that they get kind of frustrated. But yeah. but we really tried to be friendly. We were not doing this as a ha ha gotcha eat my shorts sort of attitude. <laughs> it was a it was a friendly like we were playful and joyful about it and then we went back to the hotel and we're doing this around at the pool and we actually i I, my memory is not clear on this but we hit this girl who was uh our age maybe we were being flirty i'm not sure but she was she flipped out and was like what what really i don't remember this you don't well i will keep going and see i'm shocked you don't remember this because okay my dad this is one of his in his bucket of stories so i can't believe you haven't okay we're gonna relive this the next time we're around my dad but um she goes what what and and then the the phrase that and this isn't me not exaggerating this is the moment because because we she looked around and didn't see us because we were you know like we were just saying you can be far away right so we did it again and then I think we did it a third time. And then she's she's getting upset and not handling this well. At that point, we I don't think we were flirting. I think we were like, oh, this is a this is an this obnoxious is a, person. Let's expose. Yeah. Yes. And so she yells, "What is going on?" And we laughed at that hard enough that her mom saw us comes up to us and starts yelling and saying how dangerous this is, which made you laugh. Oh, I'm really yeah. nervous. I, I'm really I nervous do. at this. You're starting to make me remember a little bit. I remember about this woman start saying that this burst of air was dangerous. Right, because it is, to be clear to our audience, this is the safest there's it's just i mean it's a I mean, this, gentle it's, it's, burst of air it, like, it, it's like, it's it's a similar strength as if you know you had like a little notebook or or something and you went whew, like you whiffed it up and down in front of someone's face yeah, that's the yeah. strength kind of the strength of air you could get obviously exactly. nothing that's going to injure anyone 
And so, and you and I were reasonably well behaved. We didn't get in much trouble as kids, and we're polite. Mm-hmm. Like this was actually pretty. Like, being allowed to wander around the hotel was a sense of freedom and excitement that only comes with being a kid and being allowed park, to walk yeah. around. Even the park, and it was super exciting. And I think this was us being like playfully rebellious, but again, in no way mean. Though I will admit, I think we pivoted toward teasing instead of just fun when we saw how um angry the, the yeah, young the, the girl was getting. being and then the the mom she says that and i'm so uncomfortable when she's come up i'm basically i mean i was a look i was probably teary-eyed for all i know that seems sounds like me you know like, yeah, oh. yeah. and and you were also we were quiet until she said like this is dangerous and then she started and you laughed and then she felt i suppose <laughs> like she had to justify how it's dangerous and her reasoning she has uh, contacts you could blind her and uh, then she ran and got security uh, but her her display of like anger and all was so outrageous yeah. that the security came they made sure we were patrons of the hotel that we had keys or our parents whatever they they then they just said uh they they even said like have a nice day they, they, they got us away from the mom that crazy mom and just said Eh, don't do it again. All right, and we were like, and we were polite and really, yeah. we were like, we weren't. We were sorry, we've just been doing that. And they, I think they probably chuckled when we left. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my parents, like, I, I was really worried about big trouble. I mean, this is security coming down on us. You know, right? I mean, right. you can imagine the fear of like a well-behaved kid who now all of a sudden is a security contacting the parents to let them know, <laughs> and like, we told. And my parents were surprisingly not upset, you know. Right. I guess, I guess it's not surprising now that I'm older. Like, at the time, it was baffling that we weren't, you know, like, I was like, oh, we're allowed to go to the parks kind of thing. I mean, I thought this was going to be big. Um, but you can kind of <laughs> see. I was like, ah, it's just a crazy mom, whatever. We'll let this one slide. So, I, um, I, uh, I, I took that thing to school with me um, in my 10th grade physics class. Because I my excuse was that it was physics and I was shoot, <laughs> I mean, shooting my classmates is, right? and shooting my physics teacher while she was up, you know, writing notes or whatever. Yeah, uh, it was really really funny. If you could invent one that's quieter, because that pop is is loud, yes, very a distinct. giveaway of where it's coming from. And like when I, if I were to hear it today, I would know it's that toy because it has the plasticky backing yeah. and so. Yeah, yeah. You um, could probably make one that's a stealth uh, a stealth air puff gun. Uh, you should work on that. You should engineer one of those. Maybe you should. And then give it to me as a gift. Nah. But yeah, uh, yeah. so anyway, like that long-winded is what I'm choosing for that same reason. And I think uh, I'll, I would choose the Soul Patch one, Soul Beneficiary as well. I can probably rock a Soul Patch um, better than anyone. So. <laughs> uh, even if that's true, you cannot rock a Soul Patch well. <laughs> <clears throat> I would I would probably just start a Smash Mouth cover band called uh, Smash South. We'd be a mixture between Leonard Skinner and Smash Mouth. And Smash they, since, South. Yeah, since they have soul patches. And yeah. So. And, and Leonard Skinner's and from the South. Fa- yeah, that's the best I could do on the spur of the moment. Yeah, so. I'll take it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. speaking of gifts... Oh, yeah, we were speaking of gifts. I said you could gift it to me. That's right, I won't. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, gifts, that's our, uh, that's our podcast topic um, this evening. So, like, I guess it's a timely topic since the holidays just passed, and you, uh, you 
you do Kwanzaa, is that right? And I do Christmas. Yeah, celebrate Kwanzaa. Um, what's the uh, Seinfeld one? I don't know. I actually Festivus. never watched Seinfeld. It's Sest- so. Festivus for the rest of us. It's their invented <laughs> okay. holiday. The whole the notion that you could invent a holiday has a bunch of episodes to it. Anyway. Um, so uh, I guess let's just ease ease into it. Did you, uh, did you get any nice gifts this year? Um, and, well, okay, back to the flu thing. I didn't get to go home, so we're going to exchange gifts when I go home oh, this yeah. weekend. Oh, yeah, so you still don't have your gifts, huh? Right. Um, Man, that sucks. You're probably not going to get anything. That's. I, I hate to say that, I mean, I guess I live a pretty good life and uh, have a fairly humble existence, and I don't feel... Like when you're a kid, you see the commercials and you're just you're into whatever that product is or whatever your friends are having. And I don't. Um, I mean, I like a nice dress shirt. I I have a good TV. Uh, you know, I don't know. And I, my car, my vehicle works. Uh, I don't feel. I mean, you even to a lesser extent, right? Like your drive for something. Like I'll see a tech product and go, "Oh man, I want that." And then I'll look at the price and go, eh, it's just so easy for me to not want it after I really think it through. Whereas I think you never even want it. Like, you don't have some desire. I get fooled by the commercial. I see it and want it. But then it's, it dissipates quickly. Like, my desire, like, I, I know it's manufactured. I know I've been manipulated. And then it goes away. So I don't really want anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can definitely uh, get on board with that attitude this year. I I'd, I'd had... Like, usually I can think of something that, you know, is gift-worthy that I can say, hey, you know, if you want to get me something for Christmas, then this will work. But I couldn't think of anything this year. Um, like, th- there aren't there weren't a lot of new things that, that came out that I wanted, and, like, my necessities are, are met. I'm kind of like you. Like, my car works. My TV's all right. Like, my needs are met, you know, which I'm grateful for. And so... I don't know. I, did, I didn't have anything that I really asked for. So. And if there's something you need, I mean, I I got the, what's I think it's called the Google Nest router, and it's awesome. And, and I needed a router, and then I bought one, and then, you know, months ago yeah. or whatever. And so you buy what you need. And then even, okay, so shirts, great. But I've gotten really particular about my shirts and specific <laughs> and the, the different types and the fit and the prints. And the, it's fun to shop for them for me, like look at them for a while think about a different the different patterns. I know that sounds silly, but I wouldn't want to just say, get me this shirt uh, in terms of get me this brand. Um, and they're expensive too. But so at I, least like, you could like, wait, so. you know, go on to shirts.com or whatever and like <laughs> yeah, highlight, the the, I buy shirts. <laughs> highlight the link and send it to whoever and say, this that. is what I want. But yes, I didn't, there are some things, yeah. I didn't have anything even that I could think of to do that with. Like, but I don't so, have anything under like like the shirts are like $125 say and so I'm not going to just geez. send like, yeah that's the thing I can't imagine I spending $125 on a shirt like I guess that tells you a little bit about like my fashion care level <laughs> well it, and I could get all into why I like the shirts it's not just fashion but it doesn't it's it's not a little stocking stuffer. And so right, right. that's why it almost, when we talk about gifts, like I don't feel comfortable sending a link for $125. If my parents were like, okay, um, what do you want? Like, what are some little things we can get you? I mean, I have some hot sauce brand that I like, you know, I have some like, okay. Uh, but these are just, it's just, I don't know. Like, what are we doing well, here? What is this actually, whole process? I want to, I want to dig down on that. Like with your, with your parents anyway, like I, I guess uh, 
I'll I'll ask for clarification. Of all the people who give you gifts for Christmas, are your parents the ones who give you generally the most valuable gift? Monetarily, yeah, absolutely. Then why would it make you uncomfortable to send, you know, a link to your mom and say, "Hey, you know, for Christmas this year, this shirt, this $125 shirt is something I want." Like is that uh, would that yeah, make no, you that's... Would that would make you uncomfortable to do that? If I wanted uh well, I I guess I can have the pleasure of shopping, then send it. Um, if I just wanted, if I just wanted shirts, then fine. But like they'll ask for a lift or a list, and I will send them like, oh, I would love to put a lift on my on the Forerunner. I'd like to do a three inch lift. I'd love uh, some all terrain tires. These are yeah. just, but to me, this is ultra luxury. Those are both expensive as hell. Um, yeah, right. I would love even like tinting the windows, but I think that probably gets into, you know, 500 plus. I don't know what tinting. Maybe that's cheaper. Um, but they just, it's also like time intensive and what am I going to do? They can't give me that that morning. Um, it's like taking it to a shop and and I think it's a testament to my desire for it. It's like, well, okay, if I can't get it that, mo- it's like, I, I guess I'm not answering your question. Yes, if it were just a shirt, that's fine. I did send them a list of some shirts, and I did uh, do that, and maybe they got me some. I don't know, but um, so so when you said it's un- it's uncomfortable for you to, at least I interpreted it as this is this is this gift is too expensive for me to send a link. Like that doesn't apply for your parents, but maybe for someone else. That is that kind of what you were suggesting? Yeah, like my girlfriend, or 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 even. I feel strange because all my needs are met, and I really actually, uh, let me put it this way, I actually have plenty of shirts that I really like right now, and so when I shop or look at them online, I'm being silly. I have, I have right now, I think 10, maybe 11 white, nice button-down shirts, um, and they're perfect. They work really well, and then I'll then this you know brand name will emerge. That's like one hundred twenty five dollars, and it's got nineteen more times more breathable than cotton, and made like, engineered by NASA, and quick drying, and <laughs> ultra soft, and whatever. How many, stre- how minute, many stretch ways? Uh, this one's only four way. I have oh, a six way stretch. Check out four. Buttercloth if you're into the six way. But I learned that they want those. They want their clothes. Dude, what do you to think be... you're doing? We're not getting paid for these ads. <laughs> I can't say brand names. No. Can I really We're not? Ad, uh, ad no, we free. Can't. No, we can. <laughs> and then Ministry of Supply, which I'm currently wearing for the first time, and I love it. It's the best shirt I've ever put on. No, no lie, seriously. But it's a hundred twenty-five dollars shirt. Anyway, the point is, it's an. I'm looking at these white button downs online and then chuckling to myself. I have. Like what? I want to get an eleventh <laughs> button down uh, that yeah. no one like. I wore it today, and usually if I wear something, I'll just I can't help but talk about it a little bit, like how like you know it's made by NASA or something, <laughs> and and I didn't say anything because no one's gonna notice because I look exactly so I, I've maxed <laughs> out and how like it looks good and it fits well, um, and now I'm into the comfort thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is all it's silly. It's silly. I don't need to. I can't justify me spending it or them spending it when I have shirts that work. So it it's not about the hundred twenty five dollars. It's a principled. I can't like say oh, I can't allow myself even to get that excited when my needs are met. So right. it's like you eating tons of lobster, loving lobster, and then someone says, "Did you know that there is this." Uh, you know, ultra rare lobster when you're already eat, eating very rare lobster. And it's like, yeah. uh, 
and then you what shell out a bunch of money for that that just seems kind of stupid so right yes that's, that's actually it that's actually a good i had an experience similar to your lobster experience um surprisingly uh like i steak is one of my favorite foods i, I grill steaks all the time mm-hmm. and you know i go to the grocery store and get you know like a ten dollar ribeye and grill it and it's like the best steak i've ever had uh but recently i was on uh a trip for work and i went to a nice restaurant and it was a steakhouse and they had a really expensive steak and i was like well that sounds good i'll get it and you know this is with per diem and i got this really expensive steak that i would never have bought on my own and yeah. it's kind of the same it's kind of the same idea i didn't i just i could not appreciate this expensive steak because the value was so absurd compared well, was to was it delicious like t- walk I mean, me through I mean it was like, it was good it was very tasty but it wasn't really as good as my steaks and you know <laughs> in my own like my own opinion it wasn't as good as my steaks and yet it was four <coughs> times the cost and wow. it's like <clears throat> this isn't this isn't worth it like I, I wouldn't have done that with my money and so like I couldn't, you know, if I if I imagine that rather rather than it being per diem money, if instead I was asking someone for a gift and I said, oh well, there's this really nice steak you could get me, I wouldn't do that because I recognize that the value of that steak is so poor. Yeah, like, and, and so that's kind of how I am with gifts as well. Like I find it really difficult to ask for things that I wouldn't buy myself. And if there is something that I would buy myself, I probably would have already bought it for myself. So actually. It's it's pretty rare for me to have an outstanding gift that I want because essentially what I have to do is save up in the months approaching Christmas like okay I want this thing but I'm not going to buy it because this is a gift I can tell someone to give me this for a gift which yeah. like like this sounds ridiculous right like I feel I feel like uh I feel like this is a really dumb thing to even have to engage. It, well, in. it sounds counter to like what? Okay, what are you what trying gift giving to do? Is, right. Yes. What is gift giving? That's the question I really wanted to open with. Yeah, so we yeah. can define some parameters. Like, what is gift giving? Because what we're talking about and what we're muddling through is just like just uh, just, just like ceremonial uh, road yes, tradition yes. stuff. And I don't, I don't appreciate like people have jokingly, but partially accurately classified me as a scrooge at christmas time because like i don't i don't get a lot out of all of the christmasy stuff i tell people to take their lights down on the 26th and joke again kind of jokingly and like i don't put up a tree and i don't have well also gifts just aren't something that i value that much like if we want to get into a love languages discussion gifts are like the last one on the list to me but like, it's just, there, there's a difference between gifts of obligation and, you know, gifts of thoughtfulness. Like, in, I, in an ideal world, to me, whenever you give or receive a gift, it would be because either the gift giver knows that the gift receiver is really going to appreciate the gift, or because the gift giver gets so much joy out of giving the gift that it makes it worth it regardless of the receiver's response. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually so. If yeah, gift giving defined ideally would be um, like a tangible display of altruism, in terms of like I am, I am give. 
let's let's define it so it's not like acts of service because some people would call that gifts you could really loosely define gifts as like here's my attention here's my gift to you my attention do you know what i mean like that's what we're asking that's what we want from an audience like they we want the gift of attention from them like we need to treat it as a gift but we're not really talking about that that's all that's right right. that's not we're talking about presence almost or like yeah whether it's ceremonial at christmas time or whether it's just like Hey, I got you. I was thinking of you, and I I got you this, and here here I am presenting it to you. That gift yes. giving moment is that fair to say? That's what yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about. So it, yeah, yeah, it doesn't it, have to be Christmas. It could be birthday or housewarming gift or, or just baby because. baby shower or yeah, I saw this at the store and you know thought of you or whatever like or you know whatever. It could be any of those. So this tangible display of altruism, ideally, like I know you wanted this product or had this need for this product or had a desire or whatever and uh or i thought i connected dots and even though you don't know this product exists and that's maybe one of the cooler forms right like they don't know about the product you know enough about them and so it's a display not only that you know them well but it's fulfilling a need or a desire or a want sure thoughtful gift that's what i classify as thoughtful yes that's that's a good way to put it and and if if given in the true spirit of giving then it's 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 a display of altruism. It's like, it, because I mean, I'm trying to think about like, like when you train. say altruism, what do you mean? Like usually I altruism mean, means tr- like to truly help self- someone, right? Just being selfless. Like okay. it's an altruistic display. So, so you're, you're giving without any expectation of getting yeah, a no, return no, gift. No strings attached. Like, like, and what better way, like trying to, uh, maybe, uh, teach kids, a, what does it mean to be kind? It's like share your toys because, if you just tried to speak abstractly to like a four-year-old, uh, I don't feel like you're going to get it through. But if you teach them the power of gift giving and sharing, and these are like tangible like displays, they're physical almost. You can see sharing your toys. You can see a gift, and it makes sense. Uh, it's concrete that has abstract ramifications. Like a, a value that we aspire to is altruism, whether we can or whether altruism even exists. Like whether selflessness exists. Uh, is to be debated but but like it should be a goal i think to sort of uh turn outward and help you know and i think that's okay. the core I can get of on board giving. with that yeah okay um, i'm on board with that definition um i think i agree with you and then to but but it falls horribly and terribly sh- so so the, we almost started at the opposite point yeah so let me the, ask the bastardized let me just ask, version let me just ask you this like given that definition of gift giving what percentage of the gift giving that happens to to you or from you, you know, at Christmas is that kind of gift giving? Um, very low. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would think like over time, there's sometimes special gifts, and or you get an idea that's great, and you might even if it's here's the funny thing is because of Christmas and birthdays. I'll think of an idea, and instead of doing it then, I'll go, oh, this would be good for Christmas, and I'll write it down. Um, Mm -hmm. And to be honest, most of them are, like, mediocre ideas. Like, my dad loves photography, so if I hear of, like, someone was, like, on a podcast, and they were a photographer, and they had a book that's supposedly how to do it, and it was really great, and so I'll write down their book. That'd be a good idea. I'll I'll Mm -hmm. get that next Christmas or something. Um, But that's not this sort of, wow, I'm demonstrating some deep understanding. This is, like... 
it fits with this thing I know they like. It's like Bennett cooks steaks. I'll sign him up for a subscription to a nice steak of the month club. Like, okay, um, that is good. It's, it's fine. It's good. There's nothing wrong, but it's not this sort of mm-hmm. demonstrable uh, altruism that I'm talking about where, where it would be... Well, actually, uh, <laughs> without... Giving the whole backstory, I think your your the blanket gift you gave oh, me yeah. the bizarre <laughs> and hilarious blanket gift, yeah, uh, yeah. which I could. Uh, would you care? Go ahead. To tell yeah, it? go ahead. I'll, I'll try uh, to tell I'll... the quickest version because I don't. It could be. It could be. You want me to tell it or you tell it? You you tell it. It's like the, an abbreviated version. Uh, the most abbreviated version is that well, we've been friends ever since we were in like what like third grade or something, yeah. and we had this tradition as kids of hanging out over the summers and. We would film these stupid videos, and at one of the times we were hanging out, one of the times we were filming videos, there's this tradition that came about, the, the Funny Faces by Daniel, and mm-hmm. you would make this funny face, and we got it we got it on video, and it became a thing, it was really silly, so it became a thing that we made fun of every subsequent year, and um, I ended up having lots of pictures of you making Well, this. hold on. I, I did the same face. So the first yeah, you did year, the... it was different faces, impressions, and then it just devolved into well, the, yeah. the same face, regardless right. of yeah. what impression was asked of me. As we were making fun of our previous year's selves, it became this this running joke where you would, no matter what face we told you to make, you would make the same, the same face. Uh, and so I had, like a whole bunch of pictures of you making that same face over the years. Like, we're talking about from sixth grade all the way into college and, and beyond. I had pictures of you making this face. Um, <laughs> it's so and, funny. And, and I happened to be in Walmart one day, uh, and I was um, walking <coughs> past their, like, their photo section or something, and I saw on their sign that they had customizable blankets and you could put whatever you want on the blanket. You just make a you know a, a picture, and they'll and and put it in on the website, and they'll create a blanket out of it. And I was like, it would be hilarious if I photoshopped up, photoshopped up you know a few dozen of these pictures of you on a giant throw blanket, <laughs> and like and and you also have some other quirks, like you love exposed bricks. So I made the background of it like exposed brick, and then put put your face like tiled on this blanket and then got you know it's from walmart and you know they sent it to me and uh i don't i don't usually get you gifts really ever no Um, we don't we don't exchange gifts as our it's not part of our relationship right and so but this year i was like i couldn't resist i I just thought the idea was so goofy and funny that i got your face tiled on a decorative blanket and gave it to you for Christmas one year. So, <laughs> and to be clear, it's it's like woven in the threads. So it's not like they painted on; like they just kind of ran it through a big printer on a fabric. Right, like right. The, the color of the thread, so it's uh, low res but high quality in a weird way. So it's like low, like yeah. the image isn't super sharp, but it will never go away. It's not like it'll be fade; it'll fade or something. It is right. the color of each thread to, to interwoven to create the image. So it's a pretty and, and, incredible piece, and definitely from a distance you can tell. Like, hey, that's your face. A lot of times, like it's very clear what's on the blanket. Do you? Yes, it is. And do you recall uh, how you gave it to me? Um, no, I don't think so. That I'm glad you don't. That doesn't surprise me because it was distinctly unceremonious. You come, you come in. Uh, it was around Christmas, maybe uh-huh. day after or something, and you 
you go, uh, hey, I got you this, and you toss it at me, and I'm like, <laughs> I, it, it's weird because a blanket hits me, which is not, and and there's something, yeah, well, I could, I didn't know what to do. The funny factor yeah. almost like broke a fuse, like right. I was in awe, like as I hold it up, and it's so funny, and it's weird, and it's yeah, also like yeah. weird to get me because it's com- yeah. it's like a combination of actually incredibly sweet and sentimental, but bizarre and like I love that uh, touching. It, it was just bizarre bizarre and sentimental that's a unique mixture i don't know many times in my life where it's like oh this is weird that's hilarious ah! well it's just like the- it's because it's because i know how much you appreciate weirdness and so like that was part i mean as i was standing in walmart that was the motivation was this is so weird like this is perfect because it's so weird not because i thought you would get cold and like need a blanket that's an additional benefit. It's a quality blanket that I use to this day. I was a throw on my couch for a very long time. And you, by the way, you just for context too that you did the, it was probably five or six years ago now, believe it or not, maybe longer. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like there's been an like if you want to get a blanket of something, it, it's more ubiquitous now. It's more commonplace to be able to take anything and get some. It. it it's easy to go get like a, a shot glass with my face on it or a spoon. If you just name a product, yeah. they'll go professionally put it on. But this was a uh, maybe right before that easy access explosion of it, so uh, it was yeah. like not something I had conceptualized ever, and so that really surprised me too. So just a a great display of altruism. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's what I that's what I aim for. You no, know, but by our standards, we were defining. I would say that's yeah. the best. That that's a because I knew too that I knew your I know your taste and your or your feelings about gift giving and that they were I did yeah, not, not feel a, like not oh I didn't get you anything you're not even a fan think good well like, actually it, actually like I'm very grateful for that and in fact if I thought that your response would have been oh no now I feel obligated to get Bennett something I'm that would have deterred me from getting you the gift because that's actually that's actually one of my primary critiques of gift giving or or I shouldn't say critiques that's why I don't like the gift giving stuff because it seems like inevitably when you give a gift whether thoughtful or not there's some strings attached and you know the the other person expects to reciprocate in some way if they don't reciprocate then you've made them feel bad if they reciprocate with a worse or better gift just a gift that's not equivalent to yours there's weird feelings going on I don't like all of that stuff. Like, I like it to just be a pure thing. Like, oh, here's something you will enjoy. Take it. And now, like, I have no more part to play in this except in enjoying your reaction. And I don't expect anything else from it, from this interaction. Um, all of that is totally valid. But to push you, like, doesn't part of you go, well, just, if you would just offer an ounce of, like, Okay, there are strings attached. People get their feelings hurt. There's a lot of crap that comes with gift giving, and it's. I feel like it's easy to poke fun at or critique, and like you are doing that, and it's all. I I'm, I can't help but agree with you, but at the same time, I'm like, man, it, it's just obvious displays of of goodwill to me. Oh yeah, holistically, sure. I don't, I don't it, doubt that it's their displays of goodwill. Like for, you know, for Christmas this year. I didn't really ask for anything, and, you know, I go home, and I have all my, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and everything, and I didn't ask for anything specifically. 
they could have just not given me anything. I actually would have been okay with that. But, you know, they gave me some a card with, like, you know, 20 bucks or a gift card or something. And is it super thoughtful? No. But obviously I'm not going to say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what am I going to do with this Target and Amazon gift card? I never... You know. <laughs> no, I, like, I'm super grateful. And I'm, yeah. you know, I'm very glad to, to receive the gifts regardless of their thoughtfulness level. And, you know, I say thank you and I don't see it as ill will. But I will admit that it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because maybe it's that my philosophy on gift giving is too strong but like I didn't you know get my aunt and uncle anything for christmas because well like I couldn't think of anything really thoughtful to get them like there was nothing that I saw around I was like oh you know what I could make a blanket with my aunt's face on it like right. that one was already played out and you know I couldn't do that and so I don't know. I didn't. I don't get my aunt and uncle anything, but they still get me, you know, a gift card or, or, or a book or something, which is nice. But it makes me feel really weird because, because in my eyes, gift giving is about at least on some level thoughtfulness. Like, if you're not giving a thoughtful gift, then really can't you just call it a wash and neither person give each other the, a, a gift? That's a good point. I mean, because you're entering this the social contract side that inevitably comes with a gift that you're that's um, that's kind of what I'm about. what I'm getting at, and that it makes me uncomfortable because, like with you and I, we both we understand each other and our interaction enough to know that there's zero reason, regardless of if I if I get you a blanket one year, like to feel like you owe me a gift sometime in the future or what, like that doesn't enter into it. It's simply like, here's a weird thing I did. And when we, you know, for the many years that we don't get each other anything for Christmas, we don't think anything of it. Um, But, but I I don't have that same level of understanding with everyone. And like my aunts and uncles now, I, you know, I see once or twice a year and, you know, I haven't spent a significant amount of time with them since I was a lot younger. And so it's not like, I know what they would use or even enjoy on a day-to-day basis. It would just be something like, oh, you know, here's your Target gift card. Where, you know, oh, thanks for this Target gift card. You know, like it's just a passing a Target gift card back and forth. And I guess for right. some people, that's that's kind of what happens, and that's the tradition, and they accept part of it. their relationship. They enjoy that aspect of I thought of you, you thought of me. But I just don't like, you know, I can I can conceptualize that, but. To me, it just seems like, are we really going to trade Target gift cards? Like, I just, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this you know, Target gift card trading. My mom and her sister, so my aunt, have agreed to do every year um, as they take, it's either $50 or $100, but they take the bill mm-hmm. and they exchange a $50 bill and a $50 bill or 100 or 100 whatever it is. But they yeah. decided part of the... So that's that's what they used, did for years. Just here you go, and then hug each other, and maybe like say some nice words. And now right. it's actually this nice little tradition where they present it in unique ways. Like my mom baked it in a cake one year, and that's uh, funny. My, See, that's not, that's nice. My aunt put it in like a puzzle box, or you hide it in a strange way, or and mm. it's I think it's loving, and it yeah. doesn't cost. Yeah, yeah. I, well, the the point the point is that it's. I thought of it's almost a perfect illustration of what you're saying is like, well, if we're going to pass target cards back and forth, it, we might as well not do it. But what you're losing is the the I thought of you, you thought of me, and that's the core of of gift giving. And I think that's hard to argue against. 
Um, but there's a lot of room for messy errors. But again, coming to it with goodwill and coming to it with, uh, I thought of you, you thought of me. Um, it just ultimately, even though I hold a lot of your positions, I hold like a very, very light version. I feel like you feel pretty firm mm-hmm. in your, your visions because I have a, I have a unique, uh, or not unique, I have a similar situation to yours where my cousin who, I don't know exactly how much older she is than me, but I'll, I'll say 15 years older, um, and that might be really wrong, but I remember I was younger and she was older at one point. I was like 10 and my, we'll just say 10 and she's 25. So she would get okay. me little gifts and I'm 10 and I wouldn't get her one. My parents would get her one and we collectively mm. give it to her. Sure. And then she continued to get me gifts. To this day, she gets me a gift and it is right. thoughtful and it's touching. And I don't get, I never started giving her, which I feel like a jerk about. Um, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't want to enter into a contract where... Then it's Christmas time, and I got to pull out my list of thirty-five people, get them all twenty dollars right. items. Uh, look, I mean, look what that does. I, I can't do that, and and it's, and it, it's not thirty-five people. I'm exaggerating, but where do I draw the line? And right. what? It, and then I'm starting to not get people some gifts and give people some gifts, and like, <laughs> oh, my cousin, but my cousin that I speak to a little less, it doesn't get one. I don't know. It gets like it gets messy, and that's frustrating. And so. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes, that 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 is. I mean, that was another thing that I was going to ask you about, or at least note, was that with family in particular, there's this weird. Well, I guess it's a transition, but like you know, when you're a kid, n- no one expects you to get gifts for you know your cousins and your aunts and uncles and everyone in your family. You know, like I mean, maybe there are some parents that instill this gift giving, you know, admirable gift giving thing where the kid, you know, makes a little clay Dalmatian or Mm -hmm. something, you know, and gives to draws a picture, you know, those kind of things. And that's fine. That's fine. But no one really expects, you know, a a seven year old to go buy gifts for everyone power and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but at some point at, like at some point they get older and you know they're a teenager that maybe they get their first job and they're 17 like then are when, when do they when do you turn from a kid who has zero expectations to give a gift into a person whether a teenager or or a young adult or an adult that there is kind of an expectation of gift giving because i have the same experience where you know my aunts and uncles even a cousin of mine who is one year younger than me Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we spend a lot of time together growing up and, you know, we didn't get each other gifts specifically. It was just kind of the group thing. Like you say, you know, my family would get her a gift and her family would get me a gift. And on the card it would say, you know, from our, us, you know, it'd be all of my family. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't get each other gifts, but then like, you know, eventually she, you know, moved out, went to college and got married and just had, had a kid recently. And like for the last handful of Christmases, she has gotten me a gift for Christmas. This is weird, right? Because I've never gotten her a gift for Christmas personally. Like she she entered into the contract saying, "Hey, I've probably padding. I'm, I'm projecting here, but listen, I've grown up. I've entered into this. I yeah. thought of you. I'm doing something nice, and you're right. kind of going. I mean, the take on it would be like, oh well, Bennett hasn't." done that he hasn't entered into the adult world of like this is what we do we give gifts and it's thoughtful and so therefore you're being not thoughtful and not mature and not right possibly that's the negative right. this possibly, is all the but negative that's, a, that's social the thing stuff. none of this is explicit none of nothing is made explicit and like actually thinking back on it like the first time she got me a gift 
I don't think like I think it just caught me completely off guard, and I was just like, oh, thanks. And I didn't think <laughs> about any. I didn't think like, oh, I didn't get you. I didn't think about any of that. I was just like, this is weird. And, whoa. And but then the next year, she got me something, and it was like a little. Uh, it was actually thoughtful. It was a little game that we used to play when we were when we were kids and we would stay at our grandparents' house after school. Just, you know, like a little $2 thing of pickup sticks or something. Yeah, but it, yeah. was, it, was, it was a nostalgic gift. And I was like, oh, wow, that's actually, it might have been the most thoughtful gift I got that year. And yeah. I was like, oh, thank, thank you. Like, I really appreciate that. But I still didn't get her anything. And I didn't get her anything this past Christmas. But it's, but like, kind of the same struggle that you were having with your cousin. Like, when do you enter into this contract I don't know the answer to that. And, like, actually, I wonder if the best strategy isn't to, you know, we talk about harmony all the time, to just be harmonious and so that people's expectations, like, maybe for a year or two, they go, oh, I got Bennett pickup sticks and he didn't get me, you know, like, Rummy Cube or anything the next year. Like, he didn't pay back this obligation. Maybe they have that for a year or two, but. You know, after the third or fourth year, they're like, oh, yeah, Bennett, you know, this is just the way it is. And they can decide at that point either, well, I'm the kind of person that gives gifts regardless or or I'm going to stop giving him gifts. That's that's an interesting way to put it, because my cousin who now I mean, we're well into over a decade in which I could have been reciprocating by giving a gift. I have not. And I had this uncomfortable like with the, the years she continued to give to me and I was getting older. I was like in college and stuff and then especially when I got my first real job so to speak I would uh, I was like you know what next year maybe I'll remember like I would be kind of thoughtless I guess and just like oh yeah when she'd give me the gift it'd be this moment of oh that's really nice I didn't get her one I feel kind of bad maybe next year I'll get her one and then I just at some point I just said no I'm not doing this and she continues to give me the gifts and so I choose to believe because like you were saying, none of this is explicit. None of this is talked about. Right. Like, so it's unfair for me to project, she's trying to get me into the social contract. She's probably you know, ticked off or thinks I'm selfish or immature. Or maybe it's actually I just can't. I can't value. believe that. Just, yeah, I can't believe that after 10 years that someone is going to hold some gift-giving grudge. No, I would just so come, yeah, I believe I would just come genuine. around. Yeah, I would just believe. I would, I would make myself believe. Maybe this is just a coping thing. I would just say... They're the kind of person that likes to give gifts and makes them happy to give gifts, and so I will I will gratefully accept even a even a not thoughtful gift, a gift card or whatever. Like I will be truly appreciative and you know accept it in good faith and be happy about the season and all that Christmassy nonsense. Like I'll participate in all of that because they get joy Christmas-y out of it. Nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I know. I can't hold it back, but but like, but still, like I'm not gonna. You know, unless a thoughtful gift occurs to me or I come across something, I'm just not going to enter into this contract permanently. Um, do you think this is the same topic, just a slight shift? So mm-hmm. the idea, we talked about it being a display of altruism, ideally gift giving. Uh, do you think animals, uh, <laughs> I actually have a, an interesting study I want to talk about that was just okay. recently released. I heard it on NPR today. And I was like, wow. wow, this is this could kind of fit into our uh, conversation of gifts potentially. Um, yeah. But but the can animals uh, be altruistic or can they just give gifts that aren't just kind of an obvious? I feel like there's probably ones with obvious mutual benefits. Like, what would your take yeah. on that be? 
Very interesting question. Um, let me think about it. So I assume we're talking about... Are we talking about any animals, or are we talking about like domesticated pets, or well, what? I guess what? I guess if you think as like a psych- psychologist or a social scientist, and like the, they're interested in the evolution of altruism, why humans, and, and for the, the, a long time that was just what we thought uh, humans. What one of the things that made us distinct from, even though we are animals, but something that makes us unique is mm-hmm. our ability to be selfless or do something altruistically and why why did we ever develop that so the evolution of altruism is fascinating and Mm -hmm. um so uh so back to what was your question specifically are we are we talking about pets uh which animals are we talking any any animals or this is any any animals yeah just anything you think of well when i like the, the the most common thing i think that you, you would imagine is, you know, like a dog. People people see dogs as loyal and selfless pets, and, you know, they'll wait for you at the door when you come home, and people tend to personify dogs quite a bit. And so I imagine if you were to just poll lots of people and, and ask them about, you know, what's the most giving, altruistic animal, yeah. they, would, they would talk about dogs a lot. But, like, I just, I find... I do think that's personification. I don't think that dogs are selflessly giving. They certainly don't have the abs- the capability to understand the abstract concept. But like, I think that it's more a, a, a realization that this is the person that feeds me and gives me a- attention, and and therefore I am going to you know pay attention to them, and you know they can. I think they can sense positive and negative vibes and there's a psychological reinforcement of the positive vibes so they do they participate in behaviors that generate positive effects and avoid behaviors that generate negative effects but where where i'm less knowledgeable though is about uh and i imagine that's what the study that you're talking about going to talk about is about is like in you know more intelligent animals like you know chimpanzees primates or i don't know maybe like dolphins or something dolphins probably kill you and they're not altruistic they probably (laughs) murder you but like chimpanzees or something i would be interested to know whether they have um uh, arranged some sort of experiment or environment in which um you know a a chimp will give something seemingly altruistically uh well that's the thing so why why don't you tell me tell me a little about it well, first, it's worth noting that like measuring altruism is very difficult because, like you were Obviously, just saying about yeah. dogs, like yeah, because altruism has a motivational component. We can't ask an animal like, "Well, so what were you thinking through this well, process?" Well, even even Why like did you, you said, this way? even like you said earlier in the conversation, you could debate whether altruism even exists for humans, and that's a you know, it's a legitimate debate you could have whether you can truly have selfless motivations or not. Right, because so if it obviously, you could you. have the same debate about chimps. Yes, yes. But, like, do they demonstrate something I could, like, record in data? Because the problem with, like, dogs or pets is that once you have a master, I think, I don't want to confuse altruism with nice, kind behavior. I think dogs can be nice and kind. I have no issue going, that is a nice dog who truly senses you're sad and then comes over to help you because they are sad that you're sad. And it's not to their benefit when you are sad, right? They want to Well, what about a cat who leaves, you know, a dead bird on the doorstep? 
You know, is that a gift or what? What's going well, yeah, on? Yeah, we here? don't even. I, th- I, I mean, if you're just asking my opinion, there's there's too many variables. They are like they are hunters, and it's what they do. I mean, so we it could just simply be their instinct. Um, it could be like we call them gifts, but we don't really know. And it could be even if it is something thoughtful, because I think animals can be reasonably thoughtful and like an intentional i'm giving this to my owner but like Mm -hmm. there's some connection to a benefit they gain from it in fact when i was reading this study i clicked on a few others and i went down a rabbit hole but i disagree with some of the other this study that i'll show you which is actually about parrots so i'll surprise you there it's about parrots not primates are cool but um, they, they there was a some links to about rats and um, bats that have even shown some hmm. possible altruism. I mean, I, I clicked on those too, but here's the deal: like they they show that rats would work to if like they're in a maze or or one of their buddies is stuck. I didn't read these closely, but they would work altruistically to let them out. But like hmm. that, it I could see a situation in which they feel letting that person or that that other rat free <laughs> is going to benefit yeah. them and so like not so sure that's altruism even though it's cool that they yeah, yeah. that's that's thoughtful that's reasoning logically i'm not convinced it's still not for um you know it not altruistic reasons but this mm. one this one's interesting so uh it With was a parents. yeah so it was a recent study published in the a journal of called current biology and blah 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 names of the people but what they did is they used these uh what are they called african gray parrots so they used okay. parrots that had previously been trained to understand that specific tokens uh they're just in the form of small metal rings uh, could be mm-hmm. traded for a food treat uh through an exchange window so it's in a cage there's an exchange window and it has tokens and okay. uh, in their experiment this exchange window was covered up and closed uh was covered up and closed on one bird's cage making it impossible for the bird to trade the bird had a pile of tokens in its cage but no way to use them meanwhile its neighbor in an adjacent cage had an open exchange window but no tokens for food so after sizing up the situation the token rich bird would help out its pal by passing tokens through an opening between the two bird enclosures uh, and the bird shared, uh, even though it didn't partake in the walnut payoff. So they would give the token, get a walnut, then they closed it up, and the other one, it would literally pass off tokens to that bir- the other bird so it could get a walnut payoff. Right, and, one bird was essentially paying for right. food. Right. Right. Okay. But when you would expect if the first, if the bird with the food was you know, selfish, non-altruistic, he would just just eat all of his food and not think about the other birds and his stupid tokens. Well, okay, right? so, so to be clear, they have this they have this tray, this trading tray, so if they shut it off, there's no trading going on, but the other birds is still open, and he, so he basically has this currency to get some walnuts, but no way to buy them, because the trade, the trade tray is shut off. Does that make sense? Like, he, he's learned that if so I give you this a- token, I get a walnut. Oh, I see. So he doesn't have a stockpile of food. He just has nothing. No, no, no. He just he just has. Um, it's just a. I should kind of start over. I probably didn't describe it well, but so so you've got the bird in a cage, and they've been trained to know that if I give you a token, I get a walnut. I give you a token, both I get a birds. walnut. Both birds know this. They understand this, and they both actually are separated in the middle by uh, a, 
partition that, or you know, it's just actually just consider it two cages next to each other. That's easier to conceptualize. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, um, yeah, and one bird. So they take so the tokens bird. away from one. Yeah. They take away the tokens away one. So one has like ten tokens and one has zero tokens. The one with ten tokens now they close the trading tray, so he can no longer put his token in the trading tray and get a walnut. So it's done. Okay. He has all these tokens, but he has no way to get a walnut anymore. So he literally took the tokens in his mouth and would go hand them to that other parrot. And that parrot could uh-huh. then, who had no tokens, now has his tokens or that parrot's tokens and would go. And this particular species, this um, African gray parrot, they tried it with ravens. Ravens didn't care. They did not help each other at all. They tried it with another form of parrot. Didn't care. Um, hmm. But this particular kind, they, they really like... And in fact, like yeah, it says a similar study in ravens did not find this effect. Um, when they tested the blue-headed macaws, they weren't helpful either. The macaws tried to bring the tokens as close as possible to the experimenter, like you know, like really getting close and trying to stick it out there, uh, but yeah, did yeah. not transfer the token to the partner. So um, hmm, something interesting pretty... is going. And they never got any food from it. They made sure to not give them food from it. So it's not like they benefited other than the that sort of warm pleasure of. I gave my friend something. So I could still see, I find that fascinating, and I really love studies like that. I think that's so interesting. But could you still see. Eight birds, by the way. So this wasn't some giant thing, but yeah. Eight birds? Yeah, they did a study of eight. Yeah, eight birds. Eight of of these gray African gay parrots, you said? Yeah, African gray parrots, yes. (laughs) I thought you said they were gay parrots. Uh, I was wondering if that they're... played into it at all. <laughs> Gay parents. Uh, okay. <laughs> regardless, regardless, like I find it really interesting. But couldn't you see this as a as a problem solving uh, solution by the parrot? Like the parrot's model of the real world could be if I give like they obviously understand the exchange token for food. Give token to human, get walnut. Like that they understand and have figured out but but now the barrier is in place and they can no longer give token to human but this parrot over here i could give token to parrot parrot could give token to human and then like but then i guess the where the real trick is is that the human gives the walnut to the to the second parrot right and does the second parrot pass the walnut back to right it no, does not pass pass it back and i don't know enough oh, if they there's it some inability it, it doesn't pass it enjoys the food uh, oh well, then this is nonsense, right? Because that that doesn't show altruism to me. That shows an, that shows problem solving method on the token parrot, but it doesn't show altruism on the parrot who got the food. That just shows like, oh well, guess I guess I got some food. It would be altruistic if he then passed that walnut back to his buddy that gave him the token. I guess you're right. We, so. So they're trying to attribute altruism to the person who gave up the tokens, but maybe that person, or no, I keep saying person, that's strange, sorry. That parrot, <laughs> um, that parrot just thought they were going into complex problem solving, and then the other parrot just screwed them over and said, no, I'm eating the walnut, uh, possibly. And that's why right. it's a problem. In fact, they're, they're quoted saying we're really interested in this topic, and it's an important topic. The problem is it's very, very hard to design an experiment to truly demonstrate what is truly going on with these animals. Right. Yeah, I agree that that would be difficult. It seems like you could go one one step further and that once you train the parrots in that way, like then um then maybe you like 
reopen the trading door for 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 the first parrot and only mm. have one parrot have tokens and uh and and maybe they get two walnuts per token or something like that and the other parrot you know has no tokens and no walnuts and so they're really hungry and the the test is to see if the first parrot having learned all of this stuff supposedly will share walnuts at all and i right. doubt that they would right. but i don't that would be that would well, be that's the, the purpose of the study I don't know how to test altruism, and I don't like. I don't under. I mean, I guess if we just start to assume, like what they're assuming is, oh, he since this parrot has no use for these tokens, um, they're willing to just give it up. Just they're willing to go help for no benefit. Here's here's my tokens because I understand you can now use them and have walnuts. What I don't understand is if they, they were passing not just one or two, they would pass over all ten coins. And so uh-huh. what I don't quite get is yeah why didn't that that parrot just pass that passing it back a few of them back that would have been either gratitude uh altruism i'm not sure a sense of yeah right fairness you know uh consideration of others like i'm not as convinced that this this parrot might just be smart and thinking i'll get maybe he'll this parrot will give me a wall well, you could and it's worth you, you could risk. imagine you could put yourself in the parrot's shoes and imagine you know the parrot understands the concept of if i give a human this token i get food and you know you could imagine a different experiment where they put a little wall between the parrot and the human and the parrot has to like flap over the wall and give it oh great you you overcame the obstacle have a walnut and then they have the parrot in a little maze and oh he navigates around the maze gives the token oh i get some food this is just another obstacle in the way, except now the obstacle is I have to give the token to my buddy who gives it to the human. Like I can right. understand a parrot making that connection, and I don't see any. And that's not even any. That's not even that revolutionary. Or that doesn't seem revolutionary to me. Now, like that, the second parrot participates. You know, could be if he wasn't trained on that, but he he was trained, so. I don't the know. Maybe one I participating just, is impressive if they're like and willing to give up some food right when they've gotten. If they're willing the foods, to give up the, the food, that's in their mouth. That's right, an that's interesting the thing. thing. That's interesting. I don't know. If the, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't have all of the the details, or maybe this is a preliminary study. Either way, I find it interesting. Just um, not quite, not not quite, not quite super convinced yet, but I do find it really interesting. They uh, they reversed the bird's rolls later to see if the recipient of the generosity would, would pay back those, the favors. And they did. So, um, so so the same process happened in reverse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's what the scientist says, uh, in the very first trial, they could not have known that the roles would be reversed afterward. Uh, and yet, I don't think he says anything after that. He notes that the parrots seem to have an intrinsic desire to help out their partner. The eight birds tested all knew each other and lived in the same social group. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just, this idea That's... of can animals be altruistic or even just giving selfless or, or even if it's not completely selfless, can they be, uh, can they be giving in a very complex way? That interests I me. Think... I, I that interests me too. I I hesitate to say, or I I will say yes, you know, with caveats or maybe with a little bit of skepticism. But like I can imagine, like 
I mean, I guess I'm not too knowledgeable in this area, but I could easily imagine, you know, like a pack of wolves or something. They cooperate a lot. To, they cooperate to bring down prey, and, you know, like you could imagine one wolf, the big wolf, like hogging all the food, but, you know, I'm, I, I guess I can't say this from certainty, but I'm pretty sure they all share their kills and stuff so that they can maintain a strong pack, you know? Is that... and. Like, yeah, it's not completely selfless because they need a strong pack to continue to take down food, but there is some aspect of complexity there. Well, you're right. When I think about it, I feel like we've seen these images, and it's true of, like, animals caring about other animals and being upset when one dies. In fact, we know this to pretty much be true. Like, even two dogs that live in the same household, the other one will be really sad when one dies. But what if they are, now imagine they are dying, or they are hungry, and they need, they can't quite get their toy or their their food, and you can envision the other dog kind of going and picking up the toy or bringing some food over, or as similar to the pack thing, here's some food, here, eat, please. Um, mm. it, that seems uh, generous and even altruistic, even though you could just say, oh, well, it's because they care so much, but these parrots in this study cared, so I don't know however you want to define selflessness, but it seems like, yeah, I think... Uh, I just I would like to know more about that uh, about altruism in the animal kingdom. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so maybe presents. I'll just start. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll just start giving walnuts out for Christmas then, there or little tokens or something. <laughs> Run experiments on people and just treat them there like we parrots. Go. My family are my guinea pigs. <laughs> my parrot guinea pigs. My guinea parrots. My African gay parrots. <laughs> Well, Bennett. Well, well, that's a good place to stop with the I guess gay that's parents. That's a good place to stop. It. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I like this. This was fun. This is good. All right, that'll wrap it up. That'll wrap it up. Let's find a way to finish things better. Yeah.